0: Well, let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 46. Storms crash into our lives. And the storm crashed into Donegal, so to speak, on Friday afternoon after three o'clock. And the gas explosion or whatever explosion it was at the filling station in Krishla. at 10 were left dead, four men, three women, two teenagers. And one young girl. The stories that are coming out are utterly tragic. Talking to others, it seems, that you have to go back to perhaps 1943 to find something that struck uh, Donegal with that, that sort of magnitude. Uh, the Ballymanus uh, mine disaster where in a World War II mine exploded on a beach and took the lives of uh, 19 people. 1943, nearly 80 years ago, since there was a community tragedy of this magnitude. And what are we to say? How are we to speak into such circumstances? Many people are asking, how can you make sense of such a tragedy. In fact, I saw that that was uh, the part of the reason for a program on Highland Radio yesterday. Greg Hughes said in his Facebook page to, to see if we can make some sort of sense of this. And that we, we are wired to want answers. Why? Why did this have to happen? And we thought somewhat last Sabbath evening about can we make sense of suffering? And last Sabbath evening, Although it wasn't entirely theory because many of you have gone through and are going through hard times yet we did not know what lay ahead of us this week. But the question perhaps is not why did this happen? Because we have to say to that we don't know. Whenever a storm hits And people might ask, why did that happen? It is not the meteorologist's report that explains the detail of the weather system that is any help at all to the person. It is that there's a refuge in the storm. And we might find ourselves saying to people, well, I don't know why it happened. I don't even know why God allowed it to happen. But I know and I found that there's a God who's a refuge when these sorts of storms hit and these crises come. And I know that I've found that I can trust this God with my pain. And we can point them to the God who is present and the God who is a help. And that's what this psalm does. And I want us to think this morning of what this psalm tells us and to consider the hope and the comfort that it brings. And it has brought hope and comfort to many for millennia. It is a favorite psalm of many believers. And what we want to, s- to see, first of all, this morning, storms come, but there is a refuge. Storms come, but there is a refuge. We have no answer to the question, why did that happen? What was the reason for it? The Bible teaches us, as we saw last Lord's Day evening, that we live in a broken world. The Bible also teaches us that whilst trouble comes, there is a refuge. But we don't deny the reality of the trouble. Look at, and neither does the psalmist. Look at how he describes it. He says, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. This man's world has been turned upside down. He's describing it in terms of earth-shattering events, things that he had thought were stable and secure, the mountains. He's describing them as falling into the heart of the sea. He's using picture language because what was most likely happening at this time was not an earthquake, but the Assyrian army. Sweeping in like a hungry horde of of 185,000 soldiers, we're told, in the book of Isaiah. Camping outside Jerusalem. They destroyed everything in their march. And now they were coming to Jerusalem. And they are camped outside the city. And they have been undefeated. And everything, everything is being turned upside down for the people of Jerusalem and for the psalmist. All that they thought was solid seems to have been swept away. It's been sudden and catastrophic. It swept in and it smashed their lives apart. And that happens, doesn't it? And that's what happened on Friday afternoon. Something sudden and chaotic swept in to Donegal, as it were, and smashed lives apart. And it will happen in different ways at different times in our lives. So what are we to do? Where do we turn to? Well, thankfully, in this psalm, there is an invitation to come in out of the storm. And that's something that we can hold out to people around us. We may not be the height of arrogance, wouldn't it, to say, well, we know why this happened. We are not God. He has his reasons that he has not explained to us. But we know that he is greater than any storm. He must be. Otherwise, he could not be a refuge in every storm. And yet, that's what God's people have found over the centuries, that he has been a refuge and a help and a strength. And so, as we look at this psalm, we find its opening word is a thunderous opening word, a word that gives hope and confidence. God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge. God is our refuge and strength. When? When life's a little bit tumultuous and a little bit uncertain. No, when life is collapsing, when things are sweeping over you and you feel swamped and overwhelmed by life, There is a refuge, and God is that refuge. And what a lovely word, refuge, is. A place of safety and security. But not only is he a refuge, he's strength. Strength in the midst of it. We feel weak. We feel fearful. Fears crush us. Uncertainty disables us. Sorrow drains us. Questions perplex us. How and why? And God says, I will give you strength. Strength to the weary. Supernatural strength for those who can see. No way to cope with the future as it lies ahead of them. No way to cope with the next days. He says, I'll give you strength. There's an invitation To come in out of the storm. An ever present help in trouble. Oh how lovely. Not just there for a moment or two. But ever present. Our our nearest ones. And our closest ones. Cannot be there all the time. For us. But there's a God who says. Come to me. And I will never leave you. Or forsake you. And note the security of his care here. And note what it says. It is in trouble, not from trouble. It is in trouble. As long as we are in this broken world, there will be trouble. There will be disaster. There will be catastrophe. And God's people are not exempt from experiencing it. But the invitation here is to experience it, as it were, from inside the security of God's refuge. And to experience it with the sure supply of God's help and strength. Trouble will come. Storms come. But there is a refuge there is a God who will guard and a God who will strengthen and a God who will help. And then, therefore, the psalmist says, therefore, we will not fear. We can face the worst. We can face the worst because no storm touches God. And the invitation here is not to come to a place of refuge. It's to come to God himself. God is our refuge. It's to come to God and say, God, would you take me into your very self so that I am safe and secure? Nothing can touch God. Nothing can rip God's people free from being in that refuge. And nothing can sever the supply line of His help and strength to those who come to Him. Storms come, but there is a refuge. And so, let me say to you this morning that if you haven't yet put your trust in Jesus Christ, for Him to be your refuge, He's the door into the refuge. And this is the way in that we come in and we say, Lord Jesus Christ, I don't deserve to come in. I don't deserve to have God as my refuge, but I understand that you will accept me, that you will forgive me, that you will bring me in. And you will find God to be your refuge as you come through Jesus Christ. And actually, that's where we see God most clearly as our refuge. We can look at the troubles and the trials of life and we can, we can wonder, is God really a refuge? But our greatest problem is not the brokenness of this world. Our greatest problem is our guilt before God. And is God a refuge from that storm? Well, we see at the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ saying, I will take all of the judgment that you deserved. Come to me and shelter. And I will bear all the guilt and all the blame and all the punishment. I will be a refuge. And he is it were, wraps himself round us and all the blows that we would have deserved fall on him. He says, I will be your refuge. And there we see the certainty of it in a way far beyond even the poet here could ever have imagined that God himself would be our refuge in the most amazing way. And if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ this morning, let trouble take you to God, not away. If you haven't put your trust in Christ, let trouble take you to God and not away. If you have come to Christ, exactly the same. Sometimes even Christians can stand outside the fortress and we stand outside in the storm and we feel battered and bruised and we need to go into our God. And remind ourselves that he is the one who will give strength to help us each day. And look to him for that strength. Storms come, but there is refuge. Writer and pastor Ray Ortland says, When God is all we have, we find that God is all we need. Sometimes the storms of life reveal to us that We have nothing left except God. And then we find God is all we need. Storms come, but there's a refuge. Storms come, secondly, but there is a presence. Storms come, but there is a presence. Do you see how in verses 4 to 7, there is, in, in the opening verses, the waves and the mountains and the waters, they take the focus as it were. They're crashing and smashing, but as we come to verses 4 to 7, something else takes the focus. It's all about God. Throughout the psalm, 20 times, he's mentioned. He's given an array of titles, five different titles. He's called God. He's called the Most High. He's called the Lord Almighty. He's called the God of Jacob. He's called the Lord There's someone with you in the storm. There's someone with the people in the city of Jerusalem when it was besieged by Sennacherib and the mighty, all-encompassing, all-triumphant Assyrian army. There was somebody with them in the city. And that brought a sense of calm. Do you see the waves are smashing outside, but there's a, a gentle little stream providing Hope and life for the people of God. That's how it's described in verse 4. But we find that it's not the stream, really. It's God himself. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her. The nations are in uproar. The kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. That's all he has to do. The one who's with us speaks. And everything changes. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob, our refuge. There's a presence. There's someone with us in the storms. And do you see how powerful he is? God is within. The Most High, the Lord Almighty. That phrase, the Lord Almighty, could be translated the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. These people were facing an army outside, but they had the the Lord of heaven's armies inside. It's a powerful presence. And you see, that's what we need in the midst of a storm. We need a powerful presence with us. One who is able to help and one who is with us. What a lovely phrase. God is within her. God is in her midst. She will not fall. God will help her. The city is is pictured here. and and, and personified as a a woman. God will help her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Daybreak was a time when just before the light came when the city would feel most vulnerable. And you know yourself. In the midst of storms, often it's in the dark of night that you can feel most vulnerable. And you lie awake And you're tossing and turning and your mind is racing and it's churning and sometimes it's trapped in a loop going over the same thing and the same thing over and over again. There's a powerful presence that you need to remind yourself of. He is with you. He is with you. If you've put your trust in Christ, then Christ is with you. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you, and He is with you. And He will give help. And He did give help. We can look back in history, and we read in Isaiah 37 that what happened to the Assyrian army, the people of the city of Jerusalem got up one morning, and the 185,000-strong army lay dead. They had been killed overnight. God had sent His angel amongst them and they were decimated. They were destroyed at break of day. God's powerful help had come to His people just when they felt most vulnerable, most fear-filled. All God had to do was speak. And the Lord of heaven's armies, His presence brought help to His people. But note, too, how wonderfully personal this is. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob. He's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of a multitude, the the captain and commander of heaven's armies. But he's the God of the individual, a man called Jacob. A man who was a mixed-up, messed-up man like us. And God cared about Jacob. He was the God of Jacob. No person, no believer is too small. No believer is too broken. No believer is too obscure. No believer is too messed up. But God sees and God cares. Isn't it wonderful? One title takes us away up into the vast multitude of the heavenly host. And the other title takes us way down into, well, the tent of a solitary man who's fleeing for his life and he's fearful. And God says, I'm the God of Jacob's. I'm the God of the individual. It's personal. It's personal, this presence. He's with his people. Matthew's Gospel starts off with Joseph being told that he will be called, the son that Mary is expecting will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Matthew's Gospel finishes with Jesus saying, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. He was ascending up to heaven, but he said, I am not leaving you. I will be with you always to the very end of the age, God's personal presence with his people. Last week, or a week and a half ago, a huge hurricane struck Florida and destroyed homes and buildings and took lives, wiped out churches and destroyed jobs, and I came across an account of a pastor actually writing on Psalm 46. And he was sitting in a shopping mall um, using its Wi-Fi so they he could connect to his congregation and, and, and see how they were doing. And they were watching news. People were gathered watching news on, a, on television screens in one of the shops about all the destruction. And somebody turned to him and said, Why are you so much at ease? And this pastor uh, said to to the man, he said, Well, I'm a Christian and I believe in God. And the man said, Ah, ah, of course, of course, you have God. It all makes sense now. They could say, the, the, The calm that the man had in the midst of devastation, made sense because he had God with them in the midst of it. And so it is for us. And this is what we want to point people to. The God who will be with them in the midst of the storm if they come and trust in him. There is one who, although they have not got all the answers, they come to one who does know the answers, the one who is in control, the one who will give help and who will give strength to them and who will walk with them every step of the way. Storms come, but there is a presence in the midst of the storm. And we sang earlier from Psalm 147. And what does he do? He binds up the wounded And he heals the brokenhearted. We can point people to the one who will be present with them. And then, thirdly, storms come, but there is hope. Storms come, but there is hope. Do you see how the last section of the psalm goes from verse eight to the end, and? we might think, well, this doesn't quite fit our circumstances. And it doesn't fit our circumstances because the circumstances it was written for was whenever there was an army besieging Jerusalem. And the people there needed to know that the hope for them was that wars would cease and that the bow would be broken and the spear would be shattered and the shields would be burned. That there'd be no more war. But when we come to these verses, we could fill in the blank. He makes wars to cease. He makes storms to cease. He makes catastrophe to cease. He makes injury to cease. He makes suffering to cease. He makes death to cease. This is not telling us that the storm will pass. That's way too small scale. This is telling us that storms will end. The day will come when there will be no more trouble. No more storm. The brokenness that has plagued the world since Genesis 3 will be vanquished. That longing we have for everything to be made right will be fulfilled. That longing that's in us for things not to be broken, that longing in us that cries out whenever we hear of a catastrophe, that's wrong, that shouldn't happen. God says, yes, that's right, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. And come to me and trust me. And one day you will see from the inside that I will create a world where there will be no more wars, no more catastrophe, no more death, no more suffering, no more tears, no more sickness, no more cancer, no more illness, no more accident. And you will see it. Come to me, he says, and trust me. There is hope. There is hope. And friends, doesn't the events of this past week put an urgency to this call from the psalmist to to come to the God who gives hope in the midst of storms because we don't know how long we have in this world. There were people going about their daily business on Friday afternoon who were swept into eternity. We don't know how long we have. And we wonder why. Why, if one day God is going to make everything right, why does He not get on with it and do it now? It's because... people still need to find refuge in God. People still need to find... They're not ready for that day. They will not be part of the everything being made new because it's only when we come to God through Jesus Christ and have our sins forgiven... And that we are brought in, as it were, into God the refuge, that then we will find that we have been come in through the door of Jesus Christ and we have found eternal life, that we are ready now to enjoy it because we have been made new. We have been unbroken. Our hearts have been washed and cleansed and fixed. And we are ready for all things to be made new. And so we need to make sure that we have gone to him and said, be my refuge. Be my refuge. Be my saviour. So that I have hope. The storms, God will end them. See how easy it will be. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He just has to speak and he will calm the storms and they will finish. And how do we know he'll do it? Well, he proved it with the Assyrians. He calmed that storm. And we see it in Jesus Christ when he stood in the boat in the stormy lake and he said exactly the same words, be still. And everything was still. He is the one who calms the storms, And as we know him, As our Savior, we will find that all the storms will one day be calmed and that there is hope. Storms come. There is only one way to cope. And that's to have God as our refuge. There is no safety outside of Him. But there is 100% security and strength and hope with him and in him. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. May it be so that each of us can say this. Amen. Let us stand, if we're able, as we come to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that there is a refuge. We thank you that you are that refuge. We thank you that although our world is broken and although we ourselves are broken, not just physically broken, but spiritually broken, that you would fling the door wide open as it were and say, come in, come in. Come in and find shelter. Come in and find strength. Come in and find help. Come in and find hope. We thank you that you would do that. But we thank you that you do more than that. We thank you that inviting us to come in and to come to Jesus Christ, you're dealing with the brokenness that lies inside of us, the brokenness that would exclude us from that new heavens and new earth that we read of. We thank you that you love us enough not simply to provide a a refuge from the, the outside brokenness and strength to help us cope with that, but that you provide a rescue from the inside brokenness and that you work in us and you change us and you give us eternal life so that we can have this hope that one day we will see all things made new. Father, we thank you for the the hope that you give us. We thank you for the victory you give us. We thank you for, even in this past week, seeing the hope and the peace and the presence of God with one of his people as they went through that final storm. We thank you for being with Margaret as she journeyed those stormy waters. Thank you for the peace that you gave. Thank you for your presence with her and her family. And thank you that even in that, we see that God is a refuge and strength, that God is a very present help in time of trouble. We thank you that this is true. And Father, I pray that everyone here would be able to say, God is my refuge and my strength. Father, I pray for all affected by the tragic events of this week, that they would find, that they can say, God is my refuge and my strength too. Father, may it be so, we pray. For Jesus' sake. Amen.